You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to episode number 113 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. In this episode, my guest is author Elizabeth Bast and artist Chor Boogie. Elizabeth has written a book called Heart Medicine, A True Love Story. And this book tells the intimate story of a healing journey with the African sacred medicine known as Iboga in an effort to cure Chor Boogie's heroin addiction. Thanks for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's our pleasure. Thank Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you very much, Alex. So please tell the listeners who you guys are. Sure. Um, My name is Chor Boogie. That's C-H-O-R-B-O-O-G-I-E. And I am a spray paint artist. I paint art with spray paint. I do murals and canvases and such. Um, Learning the ways of Iboga. And yes, uh, some sort of cosmic psychonaut with the spray can. <laughs> my name is Elizabeth Bast, and Chor is my husband. I um, recently wrote a very intimate memoir about our healing journey with Iboga. Uh, that started off as something I thought was for chore and ended up being something profound for both of us and our relationship. It's a deep love story. And I also I also do um, a few other things in the world. I teach yoga and dance and uh, perform, create performance art. And also help Chor with his amazing work in the world, bringing his art forward. And we both study the iboga medicine now in a long-term training to hopefully help other people with that medicine someday. How did your journey with iboga begin? Well, it started off as a healing crisis um, about three years ago, where Chor confessed to me that he had had a heroin relapse, and this was after over a decade of being clean and six years into our relationship, something I never thought would happen again, and it did, and it sent me to researching ways to help him, and at that point I learned that in our Western rehab system, 90% of serious drug addicts relapse in the first year. And that was so disappointing. And and a lot of times, the people that do make it are still dealing with methadone or drug replacement therapies, you know, these really toxic and addictive substances that are just legal. And at that point, it was through a quite a mystical moment. I was feeling the iboga medicine 
in that moment, I couldn't remember exactly where I had first learned about it, but it was lodged really deep in my consciousness somewhere and started to research it and confirm that it was really powerful to detox and disrupt addiction, give people a real chance at healing. I also learned that it was incredibly powerful and could be injurious if it was in the wrong hands. So it was uh, quite a journey to find the right provider. And, uh, and, then, and then we did. It was, it was a whole journey just getting to that provider. Uh, there were times I, I worried for Chor's life, and he made it with really strong intentions, and it was uh, a beautiful journey. <clears throat> So, Chor, when you relapsed after a decade, did you, during this time, always have to resist your addiction, or did it just go away and then come back? Interesting, interesting yeah. question. Um, we've been talking about this this subject for a while, a while, and I don't want to sound too repetitious, but, um. The 13 years I was clean, yes, it was a process of, you know, battling, you know, the the inner demons going on within. And, you know, I just took it day by day. I kept it simple, uh, didn't really try to complicate things too much, you know, with my mind. And, you know, my art, my artwork was definitely one of the major saviors of my life at that time. I, I got clean around the age of 22, and from there, um, it, it just was, it was like an, like an uphill roller coaster. Uh, even granted, there was times that, you know, I felt like uh, using and stuff, but I, I just overcame it with, with positive, attributes like thinking thinking positively and you know doing doing different things that 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 I wouldn't normally do like that would better my heart mind body and soul so basically you know taking care of taking care of myself on a different level and when I did that it just it just those those feelings would go away after a while and it it was just um it, and and that became repetition so from there over time you know i was building up my career within that 13 years of getting clean or being clean and you know i was gung ho sober yeah I, and i would be exposed to these environments that you know you you put that stuff on the on the table in front of me you know I, i'm laughing at it i wouldn't even i would shrug my shoulders and yeah, like whatever wouldn't wouldn't even wouldn't even bother me and then as time grew on you know I, apparently um the you know the the case of the the they call it the fuckets came in and decided to, you know, indulge a little bit. 
so basically it was it was a choice that i that i ended up making after after many years of being sober that just basically took me took me on a whole different path you know and they say there's a reason for everything and and apparently my past crept back up with me and there was still something lying dormant in the past to the point where I I didn't let it go. I, I never let that 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 part of me go. And so it crept back in. I let it creep back in and I I ended up indulging into substances and relapsing and did that for, you know, a good couple years. It wasn't it wasn't as crazy as it was in my youth. But um, from there, I think that like the last, the last period of, of that, of, of those moments of, of relapse, that's when the heroin actually started coming back into play. And then from there, and that was like for at least off and on for about a good two years. And then... I had this feeling that I, I wasn't going to stay there because I knew I was going to lose everything, and especially myself and my life, because I've, I've done it before, and I had too much to lose. And so from there, that's when I, I, I confessed about what I was doing to Elizabeth, scared the crap out of her, and... We ended up, she ended up talking to the trees and uh, they told her about Iboga and we ended up doing Iboga. Where did you go for this uh, Iboga treatment? Um, we ended up going to Costa Rica. Elizabeth started doing research very aggressively online and she, she found, um, she found somebody or that that she was very comfortable with and that 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 she could resonate with there was just some sort of connection there when it comes to the actual roots of everything and the actual um you know uh the originality of what this medicine is about and she just that's when she discovered Magunda uh African Buiti African shaman from Gabon, a 12th generation Buiti shaman that she just had an instant connection with. We started doing the research. He was out there in Costa Rica at a place called Iboga House. And we ended up going there to Costa Rica, experiencing this medicine. Oh, I see. You you both participated. Yes. Yeah, and... At first, <clears throat> I was really looking for something for chore, and I uh, wasn't really considering partaking of the medicine necessarily at all. And as I started to learn more about it, I learned that the medicine could be very good for PTSD and just overall well-being and a deep spiritual journey. So it called to me. You know, the whole journey was, the whole process of getting there was very intuitively guided as well as 
as well as uh, all of the uh, informational research, there were, there was definitely intuition ultimately guiding our process to find the right person for us uh, in that situation. And uh, it was a it was a great blessing. You know, it was for me a very difficult journey on the first one. I almost didn't want to do it again, uh, but then. The second journey was very different, and I'm forever grateful for how that medicine has transformed my life. When I have done these uh, kinds of ceremonies, it's always been from uh, a spiritual path perspective. Uh, But how does it work for someone with uh, a real physical addiction? How How does the iboga tell you to stop doing what you're doing? Yeah, I, I would say, like, in in the past, you know, like, yeah, holding on to resentments and 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 not forgiving yourself and forgiving others definitely can can hold you down and hold you back from moving forward with your life. And when, like I said earlier, like I knew I, I wasn't, I didn't want to stay with this this heroin demon i knew it i just knew it i knew it wasn't going to stay there either that or if i was it was going to take my life and it almost did a couple times this second this second time around so i basically knew that i wasn't going to stay there so when when we got exposed to the medicine uh, and and went through the journeys. The fact of me facing myself, literally, mm. that's what brought it there for me. And and I knew from right then and right then there and on that I had to make amends. And once I made amends with myself, everything was like like water. And it flowed like water because I showed the love for myself. I, I My intention was there. My intention was I love myself in order to look and see who I really am. And this plant medicine helped me do that even more. I, I do come from, I do have a, a, a spiritual sense uh, a very intuitive spiritual sense within my being and and I, I and when I first got clean I, I found I found that to be even stronger and and built that up but you know I don't say I like messed up or fucked up or made a mistake I said I basically say I went back in the lesson when I relapsed so when I when I went back in the lesson, I had to learn a lesson. Mm. So when you sit there and these lessons, these lessons are in front of your face or these lessons come at you, you have to learn from them. Don't dwell on the fact that of, of the past or the future. It's all about what's happening now. So that is that is basically the ultimate love that you can one of the ultimate loves that you can give yourself. Mm-hmm. That gift. 
Uh, all healing comes from healing the soul. And that was made really clear. And the gift of iboga is so remarkable. It works on so many levels. You know, it all starts with facing ourselves. But then from there, it heals, it detoxes the body. It baptizes the receptor sites in the brain that have become bound up in a toxic relationship with a substance. It resets the serotonin levels as a whole miraculous picture. It's an opportunity, really. I won't say a miracle so much, but it really it's a profound opportunity to reset our lives. And what I saw in 24 hours, I will never forget. It was just earth magic on the highest level. Chor's eyes were clear in a way I hadn't seen in years. I could see his soul again where it had become so polluted that I, I barely recognized him in the end. His skin was glowing. I mean, he, lo he looked like a triathlete the next day. It, it was so clear all of the levels that the medicine was working on mind, body, and spirit or soul. So it, it definitely um, is complex in, in how it heals um, and starting from that self-love. Did the iboga help you get rid of the part of the addiction that's just physical, this physical craving for heroin? 110%. It got rid of all, it got rid of any feeling, any craving, any anything that was related to anything negative in my body, aside from heroin, it cleansed the soul, it cleansed the spirit. So basically it just, it just, targeted everything not just one thing not just the heroin addiction it targeted everything and just dissolved it from your body eradicated it from my body and ultimately it would be at the end of the day it would be my choice if i wanted to bring it back if i wanted to carry on those feelings i say no you know so it does, the medicine does help you mentally and physically. And granted, you know, we were in exceptionally skilled hands. Muganda has been training with this medicine since childhood, and he also spent time in New York City. He had an understanding of our culture and spoke fluent English. It was really a gift that we could communicate mm -hmm. with him so deeply. He had worked with a lot of addicts. Um, we felt so comfortable there, you know, and he also uh, had amazing medicine. And what some people don't understand about this medicine is not all me not all iboga is equal for detoxing addiction. You got to know where your medicine is coming from. You know, people who are desperate or trying to get some medicine on the on the dark web, you know, aside from the fact that uh, you need a skilled provider, you need good medicine. And a lot of that medicine has been found to be adulterated or weak or moldy. You know, there's a lot of problems that can go wrong with that medicine. I I was fortunate to 
listened to Dr. Deborah Mash speak in Miami, who's one of the best researchers on ibogaine right now, and she has personally tested a lot of that medicine. So we had amazing medicine that came from really old plants. Old medicine is more powerful and more sophisticated, and and it's also harvested in ceremony in a sacred way of asking the plant permission. So we were fortunate in our provider and in the kind of medicine that we were able to have access to. Of course, these experiences stay with you your whole life, but how long did the intense part of the experience linger? For me, with Iboga, it, it took a few days before, before I felt completely normal again. Yeah, there was some. There, there was a bit of euphoria that came along after the fact with the medicine. Uh, yeah, and it was more like it was a blissful state. It, it was a state that I felt like I, you know, that I felt like I needed to to be in. I wish I was in all every day, all day, every day. But I knew that it it was telling the medicine was telling me that everything's everything's you know it's just it's passing through it's cleaning out my system and it's passing through my system. So this mm-hmm. this way you're feeling of this feeling of euphoria for the, for the next couple of days, mm-hmm. along with uh, visions and insight, will will pass on through. You know, into into daily life. You're working into daily life. Actually, it actually it's still there, but it's just you know when you come back to to your so-called environments, you know that the, there's a lot of things that 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 come come back into your system that not necessarily challenges. Yeah, not necessarily challenge the medicine, but they the medicine just gives you those tools to know how to navigate through those those emotions those feelings and whatever whatever this system is is bringing your way i felt the medicine for six months i mean Mm -hmm. I i would say a week very strong and clear uh the the presence and and feeling that that beautiful sacred clear clear kind of i won't say intoxication but there was just this blissful presence there and it was a gift it was a gift and and like muganda says we can have no attachments we can't even be attached to the medicine yeah. and so i felt the moment you know six months later and the medicine is the presence in my body is getting fainter and fainter. And the moment when it was departing from my body, I was sitting outside in nature and, and I felt this mm, deep silent communion with the medicine. And it was communicating to me that it was leaving my physical body, but it was time for me to feel the strength of my own legs. It was time for me to just work with the teachings and the new skill sets the medicine had given me, the new the new directions, that it was time for me to be on my own, just with my own physical consciousness for a while uh, to feel how I had matured, you know? So um, it, it lasts a long time. For me, it lasted 
the afterglow, I'll say, lasted longer than any other medicine for me in in my experiences in my life. Uh, And it was a blessing. And at the same time, it's also a plant teacher in that it is a teacher and that we can't cling to it as a crutch that it's it's there to cleanse us and teach us but then we also got to feel what it's like to be in our body without it right there all the time see and another thing is when it comes to uh personalities and people loving love loving feeling good the euphoria of feeling good and especially addicts they they get attached to the the feel good part mm. you know and 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 that's why they're addicted because it makes them feel good all the time you know but when you're experiencing iboga you get that sense of of euphoria like oh man i need to keep doing this every day but the medicine teaches you in the long run that no you need to relax chill be calm mm collective and learn from this medicine Mm -hmm. versus rushing and and grabbing on grabbing onto it so much to where you 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 want you need it every day sort of say you can you you can get addicted to iboga but i don't think iboga is going to let you get addicted to it (laughs) yeah it won't it'll just kick your ass the medicine show teach you a lesson The medicine is so clear, you know, these sacred medicines, all the sacred medicines, it's not just us taking the medicine, it's the medicine seeking out us, and there is an auspiciousness to when it comes into our lives, and when we need it, and when we need to let it go, and when we treat the medicine like something just to consume, or that we are, you know, appropriating, it'll, it'll, it'll bite us in the ass like it's all these medicines can be such strong teachers too that uh we we must approach them with with respect and not as consumers and you know you'll know you'll you'll know deep in your heart mind body and soul that when when it's time it's time Mm -hmm. especially after you've done the medicine you have experienced the medicine you know when time is now and when 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 the medicine is calling you that's that's definitely a major key especially if you're training to be a practitioner with the medicine and learning the medicine and overstanding the medicine so but from the first time we're coming in looking in from, from looking looking in from outside the box and you know they 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 let the fear set in then that's another thing that the iboga will help help them with mm-hmm. is overcoming that fear and that's one of the major lessons with this plant medicine you can probably probably say all plant medicines, but mainly, majorly with this plant medicine, it will help you overcome all fears. I've always felt that the moment I pay for my ticket online, even if the trip is six months into the future, that it is at that moment of paying when when the actual ceremony begins, because it's like the point of no return. 
<laughs> yeah, I I feel you. That's so true. I felt the you know the moment I committed to taking the medicine, I felt it begin its pre-op. Like I felt it taking apart my life and starting to detox my life. That is that is a really really great thing to say. I think we're already in communion with these plant spirits at that point. This is true. I felt it. I felt it as well. Like uh, when when I first experienced it. You know, I was fearful and scared and, 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 you know, hating it at the same time and all, all the, all the negative attributes that were trying to just overcome it. But then, but the, we're connected to these plants so much that, you know, they're, they're, they're too powerful. And so it was also letting me know, yes, you're going to do this and yes, you need to be at least two weeks clean before you approach this medicine. Like I had that, just that feeling before mm-hmm. I did this medicine that I had to go and detox myself before I did it, which was the intention, which set the intention. So once I set that intention, it was, you know, it was amazing from, from, from there on out. I get to the first session the first session was just nothing but darkness. I had a couple visuals of 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 some the nothing. I call it the nothing, which is the darkness and you know gravitating, you know demon like heads eating each other. You know hovering above hovering above me uh, within the vision within the spirit world, and I'm thinking that it's just darkness and it's nothing, and this medicine isn't working, but Literally, it was it was working, cleaning me out mm-hmm. and cleaning all this stuff out and cleaning, cleaning this darkness throughout my body, every pain, everything. And just cleaning it out. Until my soul was clean to enter the spirit world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Once one and, and Magunda had a pro, there's a process of dealing with, you know, people experiencing that boga. And, you know, he would, he would have to come in and try to, try to guide me to the door. So I would get to the door, but I wouldn't, I couldn't open it. It would just, then it would just go blank. In the first session. In the first session, it would just go blank and it would just go dark and nothing. And then he would just tell me, well, you're still detoxing. I'm like, what the hell? What are you talking about? Like, Detox for like two weeks, two weeks before I got here. And then basically he said, no, this is like past, past, past lives. This is going way deep. This deep is cleaning. Detox. This is cleaning everything. This ain't got, this ain't got nothing to do with you, even though it does. But it, we're going deeper than you. And we're going to clean you out. And then next session, I'll take you there. <laughs> That's that's a really good point about his approach to the medicine. I I know was so helpful for him, and could be helpful for people. It's possible for people to roll in, you know, off the plane in between uses and experience this medicine and and benefit from it and have their addiction detoxed and have some guidance and some healing. But I know it can be way more powerful if people have a little time under their belt without using like the two weeks that he did. And and even though he did take that two weeks where he was, 
you know, doing saunas and going to the gym and having some cleansing herbs, that, that heroin was still in him full on. Like I saw it, I saw it in his eyes. I saw it in his body. I saw it in his energy field uh, and uh, his temperament. It was still there for those, those two weeks, but I, I w- it left, you know, in that in that first 24 hours, it left. It was gone, and there was space for something new to be created. Um, and and that time can really help if people can do it. And I know they can. Um, having a little bit of time of detox initially will help the medicine work so much deeper. And that's my best advice. And that and that also feeds along the lines of intention. So yeah. if, uh, if 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 I were to advise somebody to if they needed to experience a iboga and they were an addict or addicted to something, my best advice would be is to check your intention and at least approach the medicine two weeks to a month clean before you attempt, before you experience, because it shows it shows. Not only me, the practitioner, but it shows the medicine that you really need this. You really want this. You really need to, you really need your life. Mm. It shows Mm. so much, 110% that you want to come to the table and live. And once you do that, you're not only showing the medicine, you're showing yourself. Mm. So once you show yourself that you love yourself, you, 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 you've already taken the first major step. Yeah. There's, I've been an addict. I know how hard it is to get off drugs. I've been to, if they were gonna throw you in jail, if they throw you in jail, they're not going to give you anything to detox off drugs. No matter how much you've done and how much you do, you're still going to detox. They may give you an ibuprofen. <laughs> That's about it. Some water. No, they're going to let you sit there and sweat it out. So, and every addict knows how hard it is to detox off drugs. So they know the pain. So they know how to take pain. It's just that they don't, they don't, they're scared. The fear is, is the fear of taking the pain is what keeps them going and going and going, doing the substances. But there's no excuses on any, on, on any stage that they know what that pain feels like because they've all had, they've all tried to detox before, cold turkey. So what, I don't care how long they've been doing it for. There's no excuses. But once you show that initiative, you're proving to yourself that you love yourself. And the universe sees that. They're like, okay, I'm going to give you another chance. And then once you... Once, once you feel that, then I would say approach the medicine. Mm. Yeah, intentions are key. <clears throat> you know, one 
one story I talk about in my book is a, a good girlfriend of mine who said cigarettes were her best friend for 20 years. Hmm. And that's a serious addiction, like pack a day. Uh, and, and, you know, cigarettes are harder too because they're so socially acceptable and you can do them anywhere. And nicotine is, is one of the most addictive substances on the planet. Um, and she had it's really, really – alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> she had really strong intentions and not everyone – is ready to make that intention, but that's how the medicine works. You know, it, people don't do so well. Muganda shared with us, um, if their family or people are pressuring them or forcing or coercing them into doing it, that's not how it works. It, it works with volition and someone's really strong intentions for their life. And from what I've heard when it comes to like barbiturates and, 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 pain pills made by the government to me honestly i think that's a design to really keep you struggling and addicted because it's so easy just pop a pill it's almost like taking a puff from a cigarette um oh yeah the opiate epidemic is through the roof right now i say i would say all of it but the thing is is that that would probably be like the hardest thing that I've heard of, you know, heard of when when people are conflicting, trying to help people with Iboga and and these pain meds. Mm. The pain meds, they 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 they've been designed to really kill you. Um they they may have a a certain a certain uh, validity to them but as far as like uh, masking masking your pain but the long term the long term of them the long term of this these pain meds will ultimately kill you if you keep taking them so that's the only conflict that I've that I've I've heard when it comes to like dealing with iboga and pain meds, certain pain meds, but anything is possible. Mm -hmm. Anything is possible. And I believe, and I know whatever you're on, you can get it out of your body. Even if it's deep in your bones, you can get it out of your body. Isn't it funny that many of these normal headache pills can have, if you read the side effect information, and it can have the side effect of giving you a headache. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, there's so many issues funny. with pharmaceuticals. Like I remember being on a plane and, and watching like ordinary TV for a little while. And it seemed like all the commercials were either for a pharmaceutical drug or it was a public announcement about a recall for a pharmaceutical drug. There's just... A lot of issues. There's there's a place for harm reduction. There's a place for Western medicine, but they are just so overused and abused, and it's a hard thing. And I'd 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 actually really love to hear a little bit about your iboga experience and what what led you there too, because I know you've had that. But especially experience. one thing, one thing that comes with uh, anything that comes with a warning or or side effect warning. I wouldn't take it because 
even the side effects sound worse than than your symptoms. <laughs> because usually when when they promote all the big pharma promotes all that stuff on TV, there's the side effects seem worse worse than your actual symptoms. Yeah, which is kind of scary to me. And it's like, why would I want to take something like that? So, uh, so what led you to Iboga? Well, I'm kind of a hobby anthropologist, and I've uh, always been on a spiritual journey. And it led me to go to the Amazon and do ayahuasca. And, and since I have this interest in ind- indigenous culture, I eventually ended up in, in Gabon to experience iboga with, uh, with the be- Bewiti. And um, uh, the amazing thing with the iboga ceremony in Gabon is that when the Bewiti play their music, they actually, you know, they also play it dur- during the ceremony. Um uh, did they do that to you, to you guys in Costa Rica? They did. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was mm-hmm. integral. It was mm-hmm. integral. And by the way, I just just to you know comment on on what you said. Like, there's that's a beautiful thing as an anthropologist to go connect with another culture in that in that intentional way. You know, that's your intention to connect with their culture. And the the, the Buiti never really used it as primarily as an addiction interrupter they they use it to heal and awaken the soul you know spiritual initiation and it's very fascinating to me that it has this ability to heal addiction more precise than a surgeon could i mean it's just so so um, precise in in that way just to be clear i'm a hobby anthropologist you know, indigenous culture is a private interest of mine. You know, uh, I just uh, want to make it clear. I joke sometimes that I'm an indigenous wannabe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel you. Uh, that's me too. <laughs> me too. And that that music was integral for us, and and our the shaman we worked with said that it's absolutely. A, a, a complementary technology so important where uh, they call it the chiseler you know where it's chiseling into our habitual thought patterns or negative or false thought patterns um, and and I've heard of people doing ceremony without it the buiti that we work with would never would never do that and and what's interesting at the global ibogaine therapy conference this year, I heard a European scientist by the name of Ume Mas that was studying the effects of the music, which had very specific effects on the neurological activity. It, it helped bring the brain into a theta state, and it also helped to regulate the activity of the heart. Now, iboga can have a high impact on the heart in certain situations, bringing it up or bringing it down. And the music was very important and different elements of ceremony were important in regulating the rhythm of the heart. Um, So when I hear about some of the more recent inventions of doing ceremony without any polyrhythms, without those music, without that music, um, I would have some caution around that. I know, like I said, our our, our indigenous Buiti community would never do ceremony without some kind of 
medicinal music involved and and I loved that music there was so many layers to that music it was it 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 definitely tackled my thought patterns but more on a soul level it 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 was lifting me up it was it kept guiding me um to to specific uplifting places my experience was extremely ancestral and uh, you know i met my ancestors and of course they were all africans which makes uh, racism seem a bit silly actually yeah, even but- even going to experience africa just just by going to experience africa is 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 bringing it back home and that's and that's how i felt when we went to africa to go do the rite of passage and the initiation join the buiti and you know when I, when we first landed i just was like wow this is some like it was like a home calling and i just felt like you know something was lifted off of me and like especially going into the bush being in the bush for about three weeks and that even brought me even closer to home i plan on even going back this summer to go see the pygmies taking it even deeper you know and experiencing more of that more of that home feeling Mm -hmm. and and experiencing more truths and that's what that's what it felt like when I went to Africa, and then doing doing these, the 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 rite of passage and the initiations is like, is is it, it it was like it was, it, I've done it before, I've done it many times, <laughs> but I'm doing it, but I did it now, you know, at that moment in time, or that moment, and. It was one of the most amazing experiences I've had in my life. So you're right. Everybody should experience going back home and getting rooted, no matter what race you are. We're all African at the at the heart of it. And 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 the ancestors across the board, you know, many, many people who experience iboga experience contact with their ancestors. Mm. both their immediate ancestors, but also the ancient ancestors that are all African. There's African spirits that come through uh, that are just benevolent, benevolent, beautiful, protective healers. Um, it's it's a real gift, that ancestral connection. And the thing is, is that, you know, there's, there's a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of, as ethnic ethnicities that would probably disagree and you know they they believe that they have their ancestors but well i'll i'll show you how your ancestors came from these ancestors yeah <laughs> and those ancestors came from those these ancestors no now that, that originated from africa yep so you, you can just plainly see it through the just a ceremony by itself within Africa, a Buiti ceremony, you can see every nationality, every every indigenous culture through that ceremony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the roots. You it's can roots. totally see it, and you can also see it within their within their bone structure and within their faces how they 
look like every every other race within this planet, which is so amazing to me. It's one of the first things that I noticed when I went out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they're looking at us like, wow, like, like we're, we're, we're aliens, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because it's 110% African out there. There is definitely the colonization is, That's is sickening true. and, and all that stuff, but they're still 110% African with their ways. I personally don't have any white guilt because I haven't done anything, but maybe in a past life, who knows? Uh, but uh, I always want to integrate more, you know. I'm always a gringo, uh, I, and I wish I sometimes could can go beyond that physical appearance. You can't. You gotta look beyond that. Mm. You gotta look beyond that and look beyond your skin tone. Everybody's the same color on the inside, oh, no yeah. matter what. And so the thing is, is remember when I was talking about lessons? It's like your own skin tone is a lesson. Mm. Everybody's skin tone is a lesson. So it's like we have to overcome that lesson and look beyond that lesson and move on from that lesson and see the universal lesson. Mm. Yeah, there's so many levels that sacred medicine can help us heal our society. And this is one of them. Yeah. You know, this is one of them. And, and yet there is something called systemic racism that is bigger than any individual. That is like the black mold in the foundation of our society that we need to address. And even that, even that, you know, when people are healing their souls, uh, is going to be very helpful. You know, we got to look at it, tackle it, make changes and, um, and uh, medicine can help us with that also. And no matter what the atrocities that have happened between races or nationalities, no matter what, the Buiti has always accepted everybody as a brother and a sister. They've accepted everybody as a brother and sister. Yes, granted, there could be some, certain resentments, but uh, towards towards ill wills, but they don't hold on to them. Mm. Yeah, we were so welcomed, just so, with so much love and warmth and presence. And the Buiti have been through some serious shit in Gabon with persecution and having to take their tradition underground. And I'm just amazed at the openness and generosity um, from their beautiful tradition. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was a real gift. Yeah. So why did you write this book? Uh, was it part of the healing process? Yeah, it it was. You know, Chor made paintings and I wrote a book. It was definitely a part of my integration. Um, but on the eighth day of that first retreat in Costa Rica, I got a very clear bit of guidance from the medicine to share our story and to use our voice in any way we could. So many people still don't know about Iboga. They don't know that it's an option. They don't know how to get it safely. And a lot comes through in my book about medicine in general and how do, how do we approach medicine in a good way, in a respectful, safe, 
effective way. Uh, so there's a lot embedded in our story uh, that can help guide people in their own journey. And it's it's just a love story to medicine, too. So it was part of my own healing, but it was also an offering. And we went through a radical story. You know, there's parts of our life that has been very colorful. And I think everyone has a part of their life that they think is just so different or strange or unusual. And we were inspired just to lay it all out on the table, just to be ruthlessly honest, uh, to to share it, <clears throat> to hopefully help make it a little easier for other people to to find themselves in that story and heal their lives in the way that they, they need to. Uh, transparency is helpful for everyone to heal at the right time. So what's the name of the book and where can people get it? Sure. The name of the book is Heart Medicine, A True Love Story. One Couple's Quest for the Sacred Iboga Medicine and the Cure for Addiction. And the author name is E. Bast. And Shore's artwork is on the cover. It was the first image that he painted after his eight, or one of the first images that he painted after his iboga healing. It's a very strong transmission of the medicine. And uh, you can find it on Amazon and bookdepository.com that ships worldwide, Barnes and & Noble, and at your local bookstore by request. Um, and also I want to mention that there's a page on my website dedicated to iboga information and resources. They're the best best resources I've ever found and available for people in their journey to learn about the medicine. So ebast.net is the website. And there's a page dedicated to the book, Heart Medicine, and a page dedicated to iboga. And then you can also find Chor's beautiful artwork and all his creative work at choreboogie.com. That's C-H-O-R-B-O-O-G-I-E.com. He's always sharing amazing insight or and our projects. Or you can find me on all the social networks under the yeah. same name. Yeah, we're both on the social networks for... Uh, him, Shore Boogie, and me, E. Bast, or Elizabeth Bast. And keep an eye out. We're going to be organizing retreats with our fellow Buiti providers that are already seasoned practitioners. And we're real excited to bring our pre-ceremony and post-ceremony support uh, to that process. Yeah, and if you have any questions, feel free to reach out about anything. So thanks a lot for taking the time to be on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for the work you do and this awesome podcast. It's good vibes. Really oh, appreciate yeah. it. Go to ebass.net. That's E-B-A-S-T dot net if you want to, to uh, get uh, her book, Heart Medicine. You can also find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kobo and the Book Depository. And you can also request it at your local bookstore. If you want to have a look at Chore Boogie's art, just surf over to choreboogie.com. That's C-H-O-R-B-O-O-G-I-E dot com. To close this episode, we are going to listen to the track 
Nzeboom from an album called Gabon People that Ben uh, provided me with. And Ben you can check out in episode 7 where he talks about uh, Bewiti and Iboga. And I'll post all the relevant links in the program notes on naturalbornalchemist.com as usual. And don't forget to like the Facebook page and follow the podcast on Twitter at bornalchemist. And uh, if you'd like to show your support and donate to this podcast, then go to naturalbornalchemist.com and at the top right there's a donation button. And if you've already donated in the past, you don't have to do it again. At least not this year. And next week we are going to talk to the author of The Secret History of the World and The Sacred History. So uh, stay tuned. Freedom is in the mind.